you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Hello, and welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. When we look back at history, we'll find that through time, women have been portrayed as various monsters and creatures. We'll find examples in many forms, from being seductresses to sirens, mermaids, and vampires. Even in the story of Adam and Eve, and Eve was supposed to be the good one. Well, compared to Lilith, anyway. She was a monster in the sense that she was bad. She made a mistake. She did something wrong. She let curiosity get the best of her and took a bite out of the forbidden fruit. But she didn't stop there. She was the one who tempted Adam. And because of that, they were banished from paradise. She is basically responsible for and is to blame for the fall of mankind. So I suppose the message implied here is that women are monsters, and they come in many forms, shapes, and sizes. Like I said, we've got sirens, mermaids, vampires, and in the previous episode, we learned about Lamashtu, who was an ancient Mesopotamian goddess and also a child-killing creature. And in Greek mythology, we have Lamia. She too is a child-killing creature, but she takes the form of a hybrid-like being between half-woman and half-snake. As you know, with mythologies, the details in the stories are constantly changing and or evolving. The origin story of Lamia is no different. She was once an ancient Libyan queen. Some say she was just a mortal woman. Others say she was the daughter of Poseidon. Either way, she was said to be extremely beautiful, to the point where she caught the sky god Zeus's attention. Zeus quickly took an interest in her, and they became lovers. And in time, Lamia bore him children. However, when Zeus's jealous wife Hera, goddess of marriage, women, and family, found out about the affair, she became enraged. In some versions, Hera kidnapped and killed Lamia's children. And in other versions, she drove Lamia mad to the extent to where she made Lamia kill and eat her own children. Oh, but that was not enough punishment, according to Hera. So she made it so that Lamia could never sleep by keeping her eyes open and forever cursing her to mourn her children. In some versions, it was at this point that Hera turned Lamia into a shape-shifting, half-woman, half-serpentine creature. 
Lamia's pain was so great that even Zeus took pity on her. She had gone from being a loved and well-respected queen to a hermit-like being who was ridiculed and shamed by the people who once well-respected her. And so some people say it was actually Zeus who turned her into a serpentine-like creature. He was the one that turned her into a monster so that people would fear her. And this way, she could take revenge on anyone who dared mock her. He also gave her the ability to remove her eyes, which allowed her to ease her pain and rest. It was then where she became known as a demon who devoured children so that people would know and feel and experience the same pain she felt. Because she was a shapeshifter, she would alter her form by shedding her skin and going from beautiful woman into her half-snake-like form whenever she pleased, which was a skill she later used to prey on men instead of children. Many say that the wickedness of her revenge was so great, it physically disfigured her face. But here's where we start to see her seductive side emerge. According to her lore, she enjoyed sitting by the shore of the sea, by a passage where sailors could sail into but not out of and she would bury her snake half into the sand, all while exposing her breasts to draw in the sailors. And as soon as they got close enough, she would spring onto them, attacking them, and then eating them alive. I would hope that the similarities between sirens and mermaids here are pretty evident. They all reside at sea, they are shapeshifters. They all have the torso of a woman and the bottom half of a serpentine-like being. And they all lure sailors into their demise. And as far as Lamia's depiction, she is very similar to Medusa in the sense that they both have the torso of a woman and the bottom half of a serpent creature. It was said that Lamia's tail mesmerized men and that her movements were ever graceful. And some say her scales were often described as resembling precious gems. Another interesting piece of information is that Lamia was associated with magic and witchcraft. She had the gift of prophecy, which was actually a side effect from Hera's curse. Lamia was able to see glimpses into the future, which were brought to her through visions whenever she attempted to sleep. And she was considered to be somewhat of a sorceress as well, because she would make potions to enchant her victims to diffuse suspicion. But why is this a repeating and or ongoing theme? And why is it enjoyed across time? Well, one reason might be that it reflects men's fear about women's sexuality 
and men's sexuality for that matter. Women are often portrayed as a danger to men, which was actually more relevant with the rise of religion. There was so much stress placed into both men and women's sexuality during those times. You know, for men, it was, you couldn't have impure thoughts about a woman. But it was to the point to where people were afraid to be in the same room as their own family members. Some men were afraid to be in the same room as their own cousins and or sisters for fear that they may have an impure thought about them. And these stories and mythologies are appealing across time because it's the fear of women having that capability of inspiring certain emotions within men. Well, I should say within men and women. And the theme of these topics are taboo. They are forbidden. And anything that is forbidden is going to inspire curiosity. And that's normal. That's just human nature. But the main reason these stories and mythologies have survived across time is because they continue to be relatable. When it comes to Lamia, the child-devouring monster, she's relatable because at one point, child mortality was one in three. And the chances of a woman dying during childbirth was one in eight. And so these demons and monsters like Lamia reflect all of those fears and anxieties that we have and will continue to have. And as I've said before, they are a scapegoat. We need them to blame tragedies onto them. And in the case of Lamia, who is the ancient Greek equivalent of the boogie monster or boogeyman, she was and can still be used today as a cautionary tale to children, especially those who misbehave. This episode may have been one of the shorter ones, but I'm hoping that you guys at least found it entertaining, as well as <laughs> informational. And if you guys have any questions or if there's any feedback or simply anything that you just want to share with me, you can reach me at lauralavender.mv at gmail.com. And or you can friend me on Instagram at lauralavender.mv and on TikTok as well. Same handle, lauralavender.mv. Also, don't forget to check out the website at www.mysteriesbeyond.com. And lastly, Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast by listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.